Where to start? Where to start? Where to start? Here's what basically happened. About a month ago, we did these three shows talking about how bad your gut is. Then we took a few weeks off and just left you hanging. Didn't help tell you how to get better. <laughs> Pretty much just took two weeks to destroy <laughs> my gut. That's what you have been doing the last two weeks? Uh, probably, yeah. Doing what? Well, I was with you one of the nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this will be um, good timing because I pretty much need to just do everything that I'm going to talk about today. Oh, good, good. Uh, update on myself. Alex gave me some great drugs. Can't buy them at the pharmacy, <coughs> so you, that can go one of two ways. Uh, but I'm, I've been feeling pretty good. Sweet. Yeah, I mean... Granted, it's those are they were kind of like heightened episodes of gnarly stuff. So that has definitely not happened. But yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, the question on the table is: We have talked about gut issues, gut problems. Mm-hmm. How do we heal? Yeah, so the last few shows, we went through a bunch of different things that could go wrong with your gut, um, and then I ended, uh, I think, the the last show that we did with, there's really four simple things, um, simple as in, simple, I think, to understand, not necessarily simple to to really do, but um, those four things can kind of generally get your gut healthy if you have an unhealthy gut, um, or if you're just interested in being healthy overall, doing these four things would be a good idea yeah. um, if you have some sort of a serious gut issue, um, autoimmune disease, um, or just any health issue in general. Um, you could still do these four things, but there might be some more specific things that you would need to do. So here, I, I'm only saying this because I already made the joke at you, the pharmacy thing. What's great about natural health is what you just said. You might not be experiencing, you know, like, would you say you have a disease or experienced a gut? Well, I don't even know what you would call your thing. Yeah, I have an autoimmune disease. Yeah. So even if you don't have that, the treatment for that is still going to be good for you. Yeah. Like compared to if you have X, Y, or Z, and we're talking about like pharmaceuticals, if you're not experiencing those things, taking this is really not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. Um, so, yeah. If you want to just jump into these things, we could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, the first thing, and I don't necessarily really have an order, um, but I guess I'll just make up my own order. <laughs> first thing would be to avoid anything that is going to damage your gut or cause inflammation in your gut. So we kind of talked a little bit about that the last time. Um, we mentioned gluten mm-hmm. and how it's how it has an effect on leaky gut, um, how it can inflame your body, not because of gluten itself, but just what's been done to um, the wheat products and other things that are that have gluten in them, and how they've kind of altered the gluten plus just our unhealthy guts. And putting those two things together is why it would make our guts more unhealthy. Um, that would just, this would be any sort of toxin, so um, chemicals that are sprayed on our food, pesticides, herbicides, 
fungicides, all of those different things, artificial sweeteners. Um, there's just a ton of things that can um, cause inflammation and damage to the gut. Um, so avoiding those things, of course, would be the, the first thing that you would do. Um, why? Because if you are, let's say you get to these next three things that we're going to do, which, you know, would have to do with probiotics, have to do with eating certain foods, um, would have to do with healing the actual, um, leakiness of the gut, but then you continue to put stuff in your body that's going to mess up your gut bacteria, cause leaky gut, cause inflammation, then you're not getting anywhere, of course. So this is kind of the first level, I guess, of it is just avoiding things. Sure. Um, so there's, I guess, some different levels to that. So the things I just mentioned are, um, I guess, pretty easy to understand why, especially if you have a sensitivity to gluten, why you would avoid gluten. We don't want toxins in our body. Um, antibiotics would be another one. Those can cause inflammation and, and destroy gut bacteria. But even something that um, people potentially would not understand, just vegetables in general, because of the insoluble fiber of them, um, can also cause inflammation if you have gut issues. Sure. So depend, depending on where you're at on the spectrum of how unhealthy your gut is, um, even vegetables could be causing you a, a problem. And is that specifically raw? Yeah. So the the, the if you're eating them raw, now you're getting the full, um, the fiber is, is in there, where if you cook them, you're kind of getting rid of that, right. some and of that. It, it's like experience tells you a little bit of that raw vegetables usually are tough crunchy like whatever and a soft flimsy thing after it's been cooked like you can literally see the difference right so depending on where you're at kind of minimizing the amount of vegetables that you're eating or for sure cooking those so slightly steaming them um sauteing them or even just chopping them up um, you can blend them, sure. those type of things. Yeah. All those things could decrease the amount um, of damage that those that the vegetables could cause to to the body. So yeah, that would be number step one is avoiding things that are going to lead to gut gut issues. Um, number two would be to start addressing um, some of the inflammation that's already there. So while you're avoiding things that's creating inflammation and damage to your gut, now you're going to start to um, be doing things that is anti-inflammatory. So there's a lot of foods that are anti-inflammatory. Um, this would just be normal whole foods um, that would be anti-inflammatory, um, where, of course, a processed foods going to cause inflammation. Um, this would be herbs and spices, things like ginger, turmeric, um, you know, those, all those, um, yes, just herbs, I guess, herbs and spices that, that are anti-inflammatory. So you can be putting those on your food. You can be taking those as supplements. Um, you can, of course, be cooking. That could just be figured into the recipe. Mm -hmm. All these things are, are really anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. Um, but then just lifestyle. Um, so sleeping sure. well is, is anti-inflammatory, de-stressing your body. So, um, Participating in things that are peace building instead of stress um, building, whether that's a form of exercise that you like to do that is um, stress relieving, if that is reading, if that's quiet time, if that's meditation, if that's prayer, if that's getting out in nature, um, anything that's kind of stress relieving is just b 
brings down the inflammatory levels of the body. Yeah. So how does how does the exercise thing work? Because we we've said many times how exercise itself is kind of this intentionally induced stress on the body. How does how does that work specifically when you're talking about inflammation? How does that work in a beneficial way as opposed to something that's causing more stress? Yeah, so I would say a stress-relieving um, form of exercise wouldn't be like the really high-intensity stuff that's going to mm. be the big stress that kind of we're talking about where you're causing a stress, you know, whether you're lifting, doing a ton of reps, kind of maxing out in a rep of some sort of a lift or you're sprinting for a short period of time where you're really causing a stress to the body and then the body responds to that and then becomes healthier, becomes better because uh-huh. it, it now um, can, when next time you do that, it can do that better. Um, this would be just movement in general. That's not necessarily super stressful to the body. Um, it is, I guess, relaxing, relaxing to the body. So it's producing different chemicals. Um, there's a lot of research that, that talks about, um, how your gut bacteria responds to movement in general. So any type of exercise, aerobic tech exercise, um, your gut bacteria improve, um, I guess the microbiome, the, the balance of good bacteria to bad bacteria improves when you're actually doing some type of movement, but also just mentally, um, if you, if exercise is super stressful for you, that's not going to be, that's not what I'm talking about, Uh but something that is, I think we were created to move. So all exercise shouldn't be stressful for people, you know, so we should all have some form of movement that is actually peace building and not, not stress building. Well, that's a bike ride, that's hiking, yeah. that's swimming, yeah. that is uh, whatever, you know, playing basketball, all those different type of things Yeah, should be, that's all brings down inflammation in your body. Um, I was answering a question on, uh, I think it was Facebook on our gym page. Somebody was asking about joint, um, how, what are, what's the best thing to take for joint health? And my answer was, movement's the best thing for joint health you know so if you are moving properly and moving well uh-huh. moving frequently on a daily basis then that's um a lot of people would think that would be bad for your joints because it hurts when you move um but that's just because there's already dysfunction there and you potentially are moving improperly so if you're moving properly and you're moving the right you know moving frequently then that's actually anti-inflammatory um, when you sit not necessarily sit but when you're just not not moving a joint, your body's saying, oh, I don't need to move that joint. Right. And uh, when you are not moving a joint, and then, of course, we have to move at some point, now you go in, try to move, especially if it's a movement you're not used to, then you potentially are causing damage. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the body does bring inflammation to the area because you've just now damaged the area. Sure. But if you are moving properly and moving frequently, then that's not going to cause the, the damage to the body because your body's are the joints are already used to it. The joints are, the joints are rehydrated. Um, they're getting all the nutrients that they need. Um, so movements, movements huge for anti-inflammatory to the body. So, yeah. Um, so you've gotten to dysfunction because like, is it safe to say there has to be some level of toxicity to get us to these issues? What issues? Like any, any any of the issues that we're trying to help people heal from. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, th- th- there could just be a flat out deficiency. 
Um, but most of the time, it's a combination of some sort so, of toxicity. Most so step one, avoiding toxicity. Basically, don't keep digging the hole bigger as you're trying to fix. Yeah. You know, fill the hole back in. Mm-hmm. Get us back to neutral. And, and then that's kind of what you're saying here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so we want to avoid anything that's going to damage the gut and create further inflammation, further gut damage, destroy your bacteria, um, allow other bacteria or other pathogens to thrive. And then we want to, because it's already there, now we want to start doing some things that are going to address that. Um, so that's where these herbs come in. That's where exercise comes in. That's where um, sleeping well comes in. That's where, um, so the other thing I didn't talk about with the stress um, when you're under stress, your blood sugar is really imbalanced. When your blood sugar is imbalanced, um, that's also going to throw off, that's going to create inflammation. Uh, that's going to spike insulin, which insulin is inflammatory. Um, yeah, you're just creating a bunch of problems when, when blood sugar and, and all that is thrown off. Yeah, so inflammation is one one of the issues going on, but like that's not everything. So it's kind of like we got to address this issue, but I'm assuming your other points are going to be there's other issues to address as well. Yeah. So the, the inflammation is, is, I guess that this is a pretty good order that I'm going in. If you're <laughs> avoiding the toxins, that's the kind of the first level that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Inflammation is probably the most important. Um, cause if, if you are inflamed, that's when a lot of the pain that you're experiencing is sure. going to happen. That's when the other symptoms and stuff are going to happen. And it's just going to lead to other problems down the road. Cause if you have damage in the body, your immune system goes there to try to deal with it. So now you're suppressing your immune system. So then this is where just regular colds and flus are going to happen. This is where potentially cancer cells are going to thrive. Anything that the immune system would then go and attack um, because the immune system is always occupied, you know, you're going to become a sicker person from that. So really addressing the the inflammation is, is huge. Um, The next thing that I would say we would need to do is address the um, bacteria that are in the gut, um, meaning the good bacteria. So if there is a, what was called dysbiosis, which we mentioned in previous episodes, that means there was not enough good bacteria and too much either really bad bacteria or just what's called opportunistic bacteria, bacteria that is always there in our, in our guts <coughs> but can thrive now because you've lowered the amount of good bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to increase the bacterial diversity um, we kind of did the whole episode yeah. really on yeah. that. Um, but just to remind people what that was, that's this is where the probiotic um, thing would come in. So you can supplement with probiotics. Um, you could also be eating fermented foods that are going to have um, probiotics in them. Um, but then the other piece of that was feeding the bacteria that are already there um, with prebiotics. So what the bacteria eat. Um, so this would be foods that are high in polyphenols. Um, this would be where the fiber would come in at, which is why it's important um, to bring down the inflammation yeah. and to heal yeah. the gut. Because if you if you have to avoid vegetables your whole life, <laughs> these are the things that are or fibrous fruits. These are the things that are going to be feeding your gut bacteria. Yeah. yeah. So you can't. It's not like you can just completely avoid those forever. Yeah. You're gonna destroy your your gut health even more the longer that you're on that. So getting the avoiding the toxins, bringing the inflammation down. And then now being able to get the foods in that can feed these gut bacteria really well. Um, the other thing we mentioned was resistant starch that also feeds the gut bacteria. Um, short-chain fatty acids, something called butyrate, which is in high in ghee, 
um, which is clarified butter. Why that also? Why ghee and not just regular <coughs> butter? <coughs> well, I mean, butyrate is in grass-fed butter too, um, or higher grass-fed butter. Really, not much of it in you know grain-fed butter. But the ghee is just because it's clarified and basically distilled down uh-huh. to just the fat. That's what you're getting is short fat chain fatty acids. Or with the butter, there's still some protein and stuff that are in there. So you're just going to get higher amounts with the ghee. But these gut bacteria actually make butyrate. Um, so you could eat butyrate with the, the butter or the ghee, but these gut bacteria actually produce it when they ferment um, the starches, stuff that you're eating. So again, that's kind of a, I guess, uh, you could start with the butter, you could start with the ghee. Um, the other thing about butter is because of the protein that's still in there, it can be inflammatory to the gut uh-huh. where ghee's not going to be because it's just the, the fat, just the fatty acids. Um, but you can start with that until your gut gets healthier, and then now you can be eating the foods that allow the gut bacteria to produce the butyrate. Um, After point four, we're going to go back to butter. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, those are kind of the things that are going to increase. And the other things we talked about are, uh, you know, playing out in the dirt, just getting exposed to bacteria, um, staying away from antibacterial soaps and different things that are going to kill the bacteria on you, Um, pets and stuff that have bacteria on them that are playing out in the dirt, and then you get exposed to them, just getting out in nature, um, picking your own weeds different things like oh, that yeah. you're getting exposed to mm-hmm. the um the bacteria that are out there anything that we can get around germs um and i mean you know everybody when they think of germs they think bad but we our bodies are made up of cells and they know that we have about 10 times as much bacteria on our body and in our body than we have cells in our body so really we're about 10 percent human being and about <laughs> 90% bacteria if we look at the mass of our body uh-huh. um, it makes up about 5 pounds of our body it's always bacteria so if you think germs are all bad get rid of all the germs in your body and see how long you live basically <laughs> um, so yeah we want the good bacteria we want to get rid of the bad bacteria um, so there, there potentially is some um, room for treating bad bacteria with an antibiotic if it's getting really it's getting too bad or like what you were referring to earlier a more natural form um, to get rid of a specific bacteria so they've identified something called mastic gum is really powerful at treating h pylori which has to do with the whole stomach ulcer thing and um, that you were dealing with so that was the whatever you call it drug that i gave you um not so yeah not found in source there's some room for that but the, one of the most powerful things to bring down bad bacteria and, and opportunistic bacteria or other, other pathogens like yeast and parasites um, is to just have really good, good bacteria. Because if you have good bacteria, they're going to be feeding on the stuff you eat because you're feeding them the right foods. They're going to thrive. And these other things are going to kind of get drowned out because mm-hmm. they don't have the food they need to, to thrive. Um, or they're just getting enough to stay at levels that aren't going to affect us. Um so yeah, that would be number three is to addressing the bacteria so, microbiome. Okay, I do have a question there, I guess. So a fair amount of the things that you were just talking about that are going to be beneficial there, you talked about resistant starch 
and you also talked about fiber. However, in point two, you talked about keeping inflammation down, and one of those ways is by keeping insulin low. Mm-hmm. F- most foods that have resistant starch and have fiber are going to be foods that are going to raise insulin. True? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, ha- like, what's the what's the best way to kind of balance those two things. Yeah. I mean, I guess that depends on where the person is at. Like if insulin being really high is the main problem for their health. Mm -hmm. So like if there's obesity, Mm -hmm. if there's type two diabetes, Mm -hmm. if there's heart disease, um, then we're probably not going to do those things. Anything that's going to spike insulin Mm because primary thing for them is to lower insulin. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you become healthier and less insulin resistant, more insulin sensitive, now I can do something okay. like a So the a order matters. Drink. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. And, I mean, in the more starchy the food is going to be, um, it might spike insulin. But if, if, again, if a person's body is healthy, the body should do what it needs to do with insulin and then come back down. Right. It, it, sh- it, it should use insulin normally. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not that we never want to you know, produce insulin in our body. Um, it's just, we don't want it always high. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, definitely different steps that need to be, or the order, like you said, that needs to be taken into account. Yeah. Yep. Last thing, number four would be, so we've, again, we're talking about somebody whose gut is unhealthy and we mentioned in the last episode that that could, or maybe two episodes ago, that could result in, of course, gut issues like, you know, IBS or just diarrhea, constipation, stomach ulcers, or it can manifest as skin issues, it can manifest as brain issues, it can manifest as thyroid issues, um, being overweight, obese, all of these things potentially be traced back to the gut. Um, so if you're there, then the first step we said, we want to get rid of anything that's leading to inflammation and leading to damage to the gut. Um, and the second thing is addressing that inflammation. Then we're addressing the bacteria, but you you most likely already created a damaged gut or what's most people know as leaky gut so then the last thing would be addressing that actual leaky gut and i think this is probably the piece that well the gut bacteria thing people know to take probiotics but they don't know really the importance of um, a bacterial diversity of healthy bacterial diversity so that might also be something that people aren't addressing but the leakiness of the gut i think is something that really gets left out with a lot of people mm-hmm. specifically um, if people are gluten intolerant the, the typical approach is well you have a problem with gluten so just stop eating gluten mm-hmm. um, which that, that for that type of person that would be kind of step one that's like yeah. avoiding the toxicity right and that's also going to bring down inflammation um, because you're not eating foods that, that is causing cause. it right. Yeah, right but you are never addressing why the gluten intolerance happened in the first place. It yeah. was because you had a leaky gut yeah. that, you know, a gluten molecule leaked out and started to, the body started to amount an immune response to it. So we still have to heal up that gut. And uh, this comes from all of these three things, right? If there's inflammation, the gut will never heal. If you keep putting in toxins, the gut will never heal. And if you have a bad uh, microbiome, the gut will never heal. But if you've done all these three things, now it's some specific things that you can do to heal up the gut. Um, and I would say the the most powerful one is, is something called glutamine. 
Um, it's just an amino acid that is made. The gut lining is made up of this. Um, and this is. I used to just think it was um, just healing for the body, um, but as I did more and more research into this, basically what the body does is when you are under stress, and that could be chemical stress, physical stress, emotional stress, it has to um, get sugar into your bloodstream because when you're when the body perceives stress, it's that whole fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. So you have to run away or you have to fight back. Well, one of the quickest ways that the body can get um, glucose is to break down glutamine into into glucose. So uh-huh. it'll break down that glutamine and use it for energy. So when you're under stress, it's pulling that glutamine, and most of the glutamine in the body is in the gut lining. That so now is interesting. Now you've just depressed all the glutamine, and you've made your gut um, leaky. You've made your gut unhealthy, damaged. Um, so now it makes more sense to me why glutamine is so powerful because you're replacing something that you're deficient in basically um, in a specific spot in the body Um, so if you have leaky gut most likely it's because your body's under so much stress that the body's pulling that glutamine out to to create energy dang uh, so high amounts of glutamine so like what i just did this morning is i just drank um in a glutamine powder i drank 12 grams of glutamine oh jeez um so that's kind of therapeutic dose. You don't, you don't yeah. want to be doing that every day. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming the stuff that I've done in the past two weeks is really <laughs> done all four of these things. It's I wasn't removing toxins. I was adding toxins into my body. I was creating inflammation, mm-hmm. and I was throwing off my gut bacteria, and I was further damaging uh, most likely a gut that was already yeah. potentially leaky just because of the autoimmune disease that I have. Um, so now I really want to heal up that gut. So, okay. So there is one thing you said there. So we were talking about how these are, whether you've got a major issue or not, glutamine would still be a good thing. Now you just said you're taking a pretty hefty dose currently. Is it, is that something that somebody could take on a regular basis? And if so, how much? Yeah, I think that I think taking glutamine is fine. So glutamine um, is not just healing for the gut; it's an amino acid. So there's plenty of other mm-hmm. different reasons to to take it. Um, I mean, bodybuilders take it if they mm-hmm. want to build muscle. Um, so yeah, you could be taking it um, anywhere from two to three grams a day would be fine. And you might even get a lot of that from if you're just taking a protein powder. Of course, it's amino acid, sure. so it's going to be in the foods that you're eating. Um, animal-based animal-based foods that are protein powder <laughs> yeah uh, i mean you're gonna find some of it in plant-based products but um so glutamine is also a huge uh part of the phase two liver detox hey larry phase two liver detox so um let's say we get this gut healthy if the gut has been unhealthy for so long that puts a ton of stress on the liver mm-hmm. and the liver can get backed up and not be able to fully detox your body. So as you're healing up the gut with the glutamine, you're also upregulating that liver function, liver function and, huh. and about able to, to detoxify a lot better too. So glutamine is probably right. the most right. important. Um, there's some other things. There's like aloe vera. Um, we mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. um, licorice root. Um, there's a Got bunch of other tea over there. Yeah, so there's a bunch of other different things that like that that can heal up the gut, um, but glutamine definitely is the most powerful there. Hmm. 
So yeah, that would be kind of the four step. And if you've ever researched kind of how to heal the gut, most people like want to make it easy to understand and they give it four R's. So like the first one would be remove. So we removed all of those things that would damage the gut. Um, I'm going to probably I can mess think, up I all think, four of these. I can of think these. of four words if you need me to help. <laughs> so remove, um, repopulate would be one of them. Of course, getting the good bacteria, bacteria or re-inoculate is mm-hmm. another thing that, that people um, reintroduce, those type of things. Um, yeah, what are other R words that you could use there? I would say rebuilding with the... Rebuilding with, with the... the the glutamine. glutamine. Yep, rebuilding the the gut. Um, yeah, I, I just forgot the Re- one. Re- recover from I don't know the inflammation. <laughs> I'm sure there's a good thing that that went south quick, but there's I'm sure there's a better word. Yeah, but it's addressing the the toxins. It's addressing the inflammation. It's addressing the bacteria, and it's addressing the leakiness of the gut. Are the four things that are really powerful for for people that are dealing with digestive issues that's good stuff uh selfish plug for you are you is it the designs for health stuff that you're taking the glutamine or what are you taking yeah so i'm taking currently uh glutamine from designs for health but also they have a really good product called um gi revive and the revive product has some glutamine in it but it also has all those other things that I kind of listed out, some aloe vera, some licorice root, some marshmallow, all these different things that quercetin, some things that are really healing for the gut. So typically what I do for people with gut issues, I'll put them on GI Revive for about 30 days just to really get some good healing of the gut. Sometimes I'll supplement that with just glutamine, but after the 30 days, then I'll just go to glutamine Yeah. Um, after that. Because the healing of the gut, I mean, it's not like... Sometimes, if it's not super bad, you can heal it up in 30 days, but sometimes people's guts are really bad, Mm -hmm. and uh, it takes a long time. Yeah. You know, it could take six months to get up, to get somebody's gut really healing, so. Yeah. Is that one of their, like, drink powders, or is that a capsule? It's just a powder. I mean, you could, ah, the GI Revive, I think it's just a powder. Glutamine, you can get in a capsule. Right. I'm, I'm more thinking I should get some for Asher. Yeah. Yeah, the powder stuff's easier for kids for sure. Right. Cool. And that's a good point. I mean, the kids need. I mean, the kids. Most kids' guts are pretty leaky. Right. Because right. So, I, I guess while you were talking about that, I'm kind of connecting some dots. It's like we've done a lot, a lot, in that step one, like you know, getting rid of the things that we know are toxic to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lowering inflammation through, you know, the types of food he is getting, you know, I, uh, who was I listening to? Somebody Dave Asprey had on, but I loved it. They're talking about, you know, regular diet being fat first and fat most is how mm-hmm. they kind of broke that down. That I liked that little phrase there. Um, he loves, you know, kombucha and he's, I got him on sauerkraut recently. And oh, nice. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But I think... You know, we still occasionally have little flare-ups of stuff within my, I feel like we need, we need some step four in our house. Yeah. I agree. I got some kids that need some step four too, but <laughs> sometimes step one is the <laughs> toughest. Cool. Um, 
I'm gonna break this off and I'm gonna make, we're gonna do a little short thing about the butter thing because I have a couple questions there. Okay. Cool. Uh, sweet. Heal your gut. Peace out.